uh, Chris and Randy, I want to thank you guys uh, for uh, taking time out to talk to about your new film, Demons at Dawn. It's good uh, to have you. Uh, yeah. Well, well, thank you. Uh, I got a chance to, uh, I haven't had the chance to drop my review yet tonight, but we'll just start off right away. I'll just give you a little spoiler. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I, I enjoy indie films quite a bit. Uh, have been covering them for years and I always like watching independent films from other countries to see what, you know, uh, what, uh, um, what ideas and such come up and the kind of difference approach to micro budget cinema. And uh, yeah, I really liked uh, what you did with uh, what you had here at Demons at Dawn. Where did this idea come from uh, initially? I guess uh, we'd start with Chris, he's the writer. So uh... yeah, that's what my day, <laughs> I'm responsible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I always wanted to, I love sort of those films that sort of take a twist halfway through. Mm-hmm. So like from Dust Till Dawn, for example, starts out like a traditional sort of thriller and then you have the, the whole vampire twist and with with themes at dawn obviously we've got a hitman who's um he's fallen heavily into debt and he's being blackmailed by these by the criminal gang in los angeles he owes them a lot of money um so they they sort of blackmail him into taking one last job in the uk um and that's how the story starts out it's like a, a traditional sort of thriller and then obviously halfway through um it becomes like a siege movie with demons so yeah that's that was the idea I had, and I just sort of went with that. Yeah, while I was writing the script, so <laughs> it, 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 it it is a fun script. And Randy, what was it about the script that uh, appealed to you? Um, well, I think yeah, the the fact that it is a little different, um, and it's kind of a throwback, as Chris had mentioned, like The Wicker Man and things like that, like old school kind of those kind of full car films from the UK from from overseas that 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 I like and that are really cool, and also just the chance to go to England and shoot shoot in the middle of the English countryside, which is something I've never done. I've kind of done stuff all over the United States and, and some other places outside of the country, but never in England before. So that was also a huge plus. Um, and also the script is good, you know, it's, it's really good. It's a chance to kind of do something different, do something really kind of, uh, like I said, a throwback and also just some kind of down and dirty in that sense, you know, um, because yeah, the, where we shot, you know, there was no internet, there was no phone service. So, like we were literally in the middle of the woods and, or in the middle of the countryside with no connection to the outside world. So that kind of lended itself to the, to the project as well. So a lot, a lot of bonuses for, for, for doing it, you know. And I, I loved the uh, cinematography and the locations you picked for it. Uh, yeah. how, how big of a challenge it was because you're, you're in, did you do location scouting or have someone do location scouting before you got to England or did you start doing that once you got there? Um, well, Chris had shot at the cottage uh, mm-hmm. that we shot. He'd shot there before. So he knew about it. So yeah, I got pictures. I said videos and, you know, I got kind of a rundown. It was really surprising when I got there, how small it actually was. <laughs> Um, you know, you see it on picture, a video, it seems bigger than it actually, and then you get there like, wow, this is pretty small and cozy. Um, it's a great location, but yeah, that, that I didn't get a chance to go out there and scout, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was all done through zoom and sure. pictures and things like that. So, um, yeah. And when you were writing this, Chris, uh, did you have an idea for the locations? Did you have kind of the setting since you shot at that cabin before, which I did notice was small. That that stairway was impressive. You got a camera through. The- yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it was quite claustrophobic, wasn't it? At some point, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I had the the uh, the college in mind already um, mm. when I'm producing the films. Once I've got the location locked down, it, everything else falls into place in terms of like the, the cast and the crewing and getting the catering and the accommodation, everything else sorted out. So, yeah, it was a big way off my mind knowing I had that location available. Um, the guy who actually owns the cottage is one of the actors in the film as well. Oh, okay. So that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah and he's really good. Yeah, so a guy called Jimmy, a uh, really good guy. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was good fun. So I knew exactly what I had to work with in terms of the script and mm-hmm. all the rooms, all the little nooks and crannies. And, <clears throat> and, of course, with independent film as well, if you've got a like, beautiful countryside, you can take full advantage of that because it's completely free. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously we use that in the script and try to make you know best use of that. Yeah. Yeah, one of the shots I really like is uh, early on was uh, like a, it was a hill ridge where you, yeah, it's yeah. a really wide shot. When the guy first like, arrives. Yeah, 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 when the guy first arrives. Uh, yeah. It was just, it was, all of really that was, kind of all of that was sort of spontaneous i mean i had an idea of you know getting on that hill and shooting but like the sheep and things like that were just all kind of spontaneous yeah. i mean one morning the dp just took his camera out and just and they just shot <laughs> a bunch of establishing shots and a bunch of wood shots you know before we got there so it was a great shot you know got the, obviously on top of that hill and then you look down you can see the cottage in the distance and the woodland mm-hmm. behind it um and it was a great position for the for the hitman to arrive seen for the first time really at the at the rural location so yeah we're really well randy's vision was um, very strong and it's good did a great job now how much uh, uh pre-production did you do on this randy uh for planning now obviously you're traveling so you want to make sure you kind of had some ducks in a row i'm sure yeah um it was you know a lot of the pre-production was done uh here in la mm-hmm. for me um, just talking with the cast and the crew and things like that and doing doing i mean i'm very detail oriented as far as my shot list so it's really a lot of it was just me sitting down with a script and just making as detailed a shot list as i can so i know exactly what i want to do so because you know we didn't have a lot of time i think we shot this in uh seven days or well the cottage stuff i think was seven days i think if i remember correctly yeah and then we had a couple of days at the, the studio in leicester yeah yeah then, um a day um in burbank Two day, well, no, two days. Yeah, two days at the studio in Burbank. Yeah, for the jail stuff and far yeah. stuff. But yeah, for, but as far as the England stuff, yeah, I knew that we we're going to be, you know, you have to shoot this in a tight schedule. So I wanted to be as prepared as I could on my end. And then, of course, you know, getting to England and getting there, getting over jet lag, you know, kind of getting my bearings in order, you know, in order to be kind of at 100% when we shot. So that was important as well. So I usually go out there a week. Or so before just so i can kind of get acclimated to, to to the surroundings and you know get over the jet lag so yeah so yeah there was a lot of uh ducks that i had to get in a row just to kind of be prepared for it and also just you know meetings with the dp um just kind of going over the vision and knowing that you know we're going to have limited uh equipment and stuff like that just kind of figuring out how we want to shoot it and, and what's the best approach you know and ultimately it was, we just chose to let the house be the house and the character and kind of shoot, shoot it as is kind of, you know, there's some, some lighting, you know, there's obviously lighting supplemental, but uh, for the most part, we kind of wanted to keep it a lot more natural just to kind of get that feel for it. Yeah. The cabin definitely has its own uh, character uh, yeah. quite a bit. And I, I, I like that, uh, but I'm in the middle of Wisconsin. Uh, well, I grew up in Milwaukee, the big city, but in in the middle of Wisconsin, we have lots of small farmhouses in that as right. well. And it, it felt a lot like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so I did get that claustrophobic feeling because I've been in a few of those houses where those those hallways are literally one person. Like you you can only do one person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's how we had to shoot it too. It's like mm-hmm. when they're going up and down the stairs, like the DP is going by his either behind him or in front of him or in front of them going up and down the stairs and everyone else had to clear this clear the area so you don't get seen on film and you know the even the sound guy couldn't even be on there so yeah it's very tight (laughs) well it it turned out well though it it looks great on uh like uh on screen as well so i mean uh, you you captured it well that they were uh, felt trapped and made made the characters really feel trapped in there uh the whole time uh, even when you're in the bigger living room kitchen area. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah. uh, so uh, with this, uh, Chris, you got to uh, not only uh, write, but be in front of the camera uh, a bit too. You got to play uh, a, 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 a fun character. Uh, did you write that character for you or, or was it? Uh... Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I used to, let's make him really evil, really bad. And uh, those are the roles that, you know, are the most fun to play. Um, so I had the entrance where I walked through the door and <laughs> the smoke and this. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I really enjoyed that. And Randy got that spot on. Um, and we got really lucky with the actors as well. They did a great job, mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. Uh, everyone got along really well. And it was a really, really cool experience all around. Yeah. Did you have uh, people in mind that you already wanted to work with uh, when you were writing yeah, it? Yeah, because I... I spend a lot of time doing the casting for my other films as well. And then I go through all the show reels. So what happens is people stand out, you know, they, they stay in your memory. So when I was writing the script, um, there was Ben Silver, the guy who played Mickey. Mm-hmm. So I remembered him from one of the show reels I watched and I thought, yeah, he'd be, he'd be great in this role. Uh, so I got in touch with him and he was free and yeah, we did it. Um, and then we had um, a relatively, a relative newcomer called Amanda mm-hmm. Hemsworth, who played the, uh, one of the female leads. Um, she was fantastic. She was great. Uh, so I really, we got really lucky with the actors. They were they were really good to work with. Yeah. Randy, was there anyone uh, that you wanted to work with that you also had a say in pulling in, or? Uh... Um, no, I mean Chris had kind of cast everybody, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I all his choices were spot on. They were all great. So no, I was I was happy with all the choices. Like you mentioned, Amanda and. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amber and and Dan and even uh, we're talking about Jimmy who played Samuel the husband. Uh, he was he was awesome too. So yeah, no, the cast was great. And then having to work, you know, being able to work with John Altman as well, mm-hmm. who you know I being over here wasn't a hundred percent familiar with obviously, but everyone you know everyone loved John Altman. Um, I guess uh, Nasty Nick is that that's what it's in the East Enders is that what. So. Yeah, we have, we have a show over here in the UK called EastEnders, and yep. uh, everyone knows, like, you everyone played a character called Nasty Nick Cotton, and everyone yeah. in the UK still knows him. Not so, so much in the States, but yeah. Yeah, so that was fun, working with uh, Big Star in, in the UK, you know. It, it, he played the part well, uh, which I really enjoyed uh, the cast you had in here. It was it was a, a large variety of of. Uh, different folks you could tell and uh, but everybody seemed to play off each other well and really had a chemistry yeah. and and had the same idea of what type of film you were making because I imagine that's a challenge sometimes you get the group together and somebody in their own film uh, that's different than <laughs> yeah yeah they're playing t- yeah they're in, they feel like they're in two different movies yeah yeah before yeah um, but- luckily like for the Burbank stuff which is the the jail the prison stuff and, and the bar 
and the morgue, you know, those, those book, the bookend scenes, those were all shot here in Burbank. And mm -hmm. a lot of those actors have worked together before. So that helps as well. Um, they do Chris's uh, projects um, all the time. So yeah, most of them knew each other. They worked together before. So, you know, it was kind of, it was really easy to just kind of jump in and <laughs> they all just kind of went in and had fun with it. And I'd worked with a few of them also before. So we all kind of knew each other. So that, that helped as well, you know, having people who just kind of gamed or just jump in and, and go with it, you know, so. And it comes across on screen too. You yeah. can always, I, I, not that I'm a huge expert, but I watched many films and yeah. uh, you can tell when, you can kind of tell when the, the, the whole cast crew are gelled and, and just playing off each other because they everybody seems like they're having fun. You you all seemed like you were having fun yeah. in there. Like I said, especially when Chris showed up as as the character he does. It was yeah. like... Yeah. I really enjoyed that. My uh, little 10-minute cameo there. So, yeah. It completely throws everyone for a loop, too, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want, I guess I'm not really giving this away, but mm -hmm. yeah, when he comes in, it's kind of throws yeah. everything. I always, I, you know, I always liked the uh, stories like that. Uh, uh, Chris has mentioned, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, from dusk till dawn and that to where you have, you have kind of a bad guy who's kind of, you know, good, but a bit charismatic. And then he's thrown into a worse situation with even worse bad guys yeah. <laughs> and suddenly they don't look so good yeah. but what i what i really enjoyed was the fact we start off with one set of characters and you think that person's going to be the focus mm -hmm. but it's not it ends up being someone completely different right yeah no that's good that keeps you keeps you on the toes you know but in the end you know they all are related you know and mm -hmm. as far as in the human trafficking world they're all you know they're all together in that sense but yeah no i i i like that aspect too that they kind of just keep it yeah, definitely keeps you on your toes and that's great <laughs> it it does keep you on your toes now there is some humor worked in here just a little uh yeah. how how tough was that randy especially directing to to allow the humor like the steak gimmick i love the the, the steak line <laughs> about the guy needing to go back to finish his steak you know working that humor in but yet still keeping the yeah. tension and the tone well i mean it you know it goes with this it goes into the script but also mm -hmm. um again those actors you know they're good at comedy i've done comedy for many many years so that mm -hmm. that's kind of the natural thing for me to um but I think that was kind of the idea for the those bookend scenes is the hat is is that's what brings the humor because I knew that once we got to the cottage once we got to England that it was just going to be nonstop kind of you know tension and creepiness and blah 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 so we you need that you know you need that that co comic relief you need that little bit of lightness you know to go along with it just to kind of kind of wink at the audience and realize mm -hmm. okay let's have, you know this is a fun project let's you know let's, let's have fun with it you know so that that's kind of the approach um that i have with it now, you know yeah and it, and it comes across well because it, it's fitting especially for your 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 trio of people who are in the cafe and then who end up showing up at the end they they are yeah. definitely different than the other <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. chris what was that your intention too just to have that uh humor kind of written in the script a bit to break it up a little bit so it's not like yeah just to, yeah just to give it a little bit of um Mm -hmm. light relief from because obviously 90% of the movie is pretty it's full on creepy and 
<laughs> so to have it, I wanted to write the script so it started in Los Angeles and ended. Mm-hmm. Right. So we had a nice little book in. Um, so obviously it starts out with the human traffickers, the main gang, you know, and they're effectively retelling what happened in the UK. Right. And that's how it all ties together. So it's all linked that way. And, but I wanted to make it a little bit lighthearted um, in the beginning, just to get the audience on our side and, you know, <laughs> before yeah. we send them into um, creepiness. <laughs> Yeah, uh, speaking of creepiness, uh, the special effects you have in here, uh, I was very happy to see the practical uh, because, you know, with with smaller budget indie films, a lot have gone almost completely digital. And, you know, I completely understand, and you do have some in here, but uh, also the practical effects. Uh, how long did it take to, to get those uh, demon looks? Well, go ahead. I mean, the, yeah, the, the demon, well, it, it is, you know, to give some away, it is a little, it is a combination of practical mm-hmm. and some CG enhancements, you know, just to right. kind of, they are masks and, you know, wanted to kind of give them not so mask-like, but yeah, I, I actually enjoy doing practical effects, but a lot, you know, a lot of times on budgets, you just can't, they're just mm-hmm. they're too expensive, they're way too time consuming, so you have to, to go in and do digital stuff, but I completely understand why people do that. Um, but I think the practicality of the of what we have works for kind of the film that we wanted to create and make it practical. It would not work if it was all CG and all right. you know digital stuff and digital heads and things like that. It's just like <laughs> it would not be the same movie. It wouldn't wouldn't give the same feel we were going mm-hmm. for. You know. So, but I, but again, I, I enjoy doing as much as I possibly can on the horror stuff that I do. I'm doing practical effects because it always comes out better. You know, it always looks better to me. Well, especially when you're shooting in a small location like that, you've got a lot of closer up shots of the mm-hmm. demons. And if you digital that, that's just going to, that mm-hmm. just doesn't quite look right. Even if you're using masks, I like the masks. I, I the masks, uh, the, the, the demonic look took me back mm-hmm. to my uh, late eighties, early nineties horror. And yeah. All my favorite too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're going where, for. Where did you find the best? Did you, uh, create them or uh, you know yeah there's a company um in the states they do bespoke work mm-hmm. so we, they're, they're silicone um, like professional film uh, sure but we wanted to make them bespoke so i had to order them like months in advance and so yeah so there's a lot of work involved in that as well <laughs> but um they're quite fun you know and i just wanted to you know we, obviously it's a serious film but at the same time we wanted to have fun i wanted the audience to know that you know we're having, a, we're having a good time as well yeah <laughs> which i think is important especially for uh indie films or the stories that you have that you're having fun i think some folks forget that they want to make the most extreme horror sometimes and you're just like i want to have fun sometimes i don't want martyrs to where by the end of it i feel like i've been beaten beaten <laughs> yeah yeah beaten over the head literally and figuratively yeah by the end of it yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, you managed to have a nice balance of here of, of the creepy and the, uh, you know, the fun and yet, yet, you know, tension filled ideas and a lot of twists as well. Um, you know, I, Randy, for for directing, it uh, does a lot go into sh- uh, deciding how much to show and how much not to show when you're working, especially on a, on a budget and a time frame, I imagine. Some of that has to determine it, but when you're making the directorial decisions, you know how how much do, does that work for you to where like, well, maybe we don't show as much of the demons, just give them a glimpse. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. It's like, you know, because they are masks and stuff, you don't want to show too much of the creases, I guess, you know, because it'll take people out of the film. So I, I think just, yeah, finding that happy balance. I mean, we did shoot a lot of it and just, it was really more, a lot of it came down into the editing decisions and kind of the color correction to kind of darken things a little bit and adding little enhancements to the masks and things like that, just so you don't show as much. But yeah, it was more just a practical uh, budgetary time constraint thing is to not show so much, you know, like there's no, there's only one scene that there's no blood or anything in the right. film, you know, which, which is good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think from, from, from the offset, yeah, it was, it was a decision not to show that much. Cause that's like you mentioned, you know, the horror films, the seventies and eighties, they hardly ever showed any. I mean, look at Halloween, <laughs> things like that. They don't, they don't really show anything and it's just as creepy. So that, I, I tend to like that. So, cause I've done blood, I've done huge blood and guts things before. And, you know, there's the place for that, but, uh, for this yeah. one, it just didn't lend itself to show that much, you know, keep it, keep it more about the characters. And what they're feeling, keep that's why you know there's a lot of close-ups and stuff like that. So we kind of are inside the characters and how they're feeling more than you know anything else. Um, so the audience is more engaged in that and them. So Chris, did you want to did you want to keep it a little bit restrained with horror? Or did you want to do gory? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I think with these sort of films, you know, less is definitely more. Mm -hmm. I think if you show too much, it just it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, so. Like I say, less is more, you leave it to the imagination of the viewer. You know? And we tried to focus on the characters and the creepiness and building that tension that way. Um, that was important to me. And um, using the natural resources we had with you know, the beautiful countryside and the cottage mm -hmm. and that claustrophobic feel. So yeah, that's, that's the sort of route that we, we chose to go down, yeah. So, uh, you know, with the film and the approach you took, uh, was this, also put up for a crowdfunding or did it uh, were you able to yeah i crowdfunded all my movies mm -hmm. yeah i started out like with short films about seven years ago um i, think I raised about 800 pounds in the first crowdfund mm -hmm. now i'm raising like 60 70 grand in four weeks so that means it's all pretty much soft money so i have complete control over what i want to write and i don't have to answer to anybody and then we can go through either a traditional distribution company or we can go down the self-distribution route um and that's the way I've been doing it. Yeah, just to, I just wanted to write my own scripts and control the finances and uh, control the casting and the locations. And then I can just hire people who I trust and build that team. And um, yeah, it's taken a long time, but I've found that, that tribe of people now. So we've got a really good uh, post-production team in Los Angeles that Randy looks after. And yeah, we just keep cracking them out now. It's great. It's good. Well, it, it definitely pays off with... Uh, a demons at dawn uh I, I i appreciate it quite a bit i uh, love seeing the work that's put into it now uh, was this shot during covid or before no it was no. after yeah it's interesting you say that because the, the very first feature i did was called nest of vampires mm. and uh we were really lucky that was just before covid hit <laughs> so obviously that would have been a nightmare um but this one was shot after and then we've okay. got um werewolf cabal's coming out very soon and then we just shot another one called The Haunted Studio with Bailing from Star Wars. That was shot um, in July uh, this year. So, yeah, we're averaging about three features mm -hmm. a year now, which is really cool. Um, so my, my focus now is just to keep building the audience with the horror fans, uh, keep crowdfunding, keep writing the scripts, and just... Um, I'm always looking to get named actors in there as well. Sure. So Bailing was a big... A big um, she was really cool, yeah. She was in the original 
Crow movie. She played Micah. Great. Yep. Yep. She played yeah. the uh, she, she, the yeah, sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was um she was really cool to work with. Really funny. Um, and we're just looking to bring more people on going forward now as we're growing. So yeah, that's great. And what about you, Randy? What do you got on on deck coming up for you? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, so we have we're with Cabal and Haunted Studio, and then I'm flying out there in January to do the next one called Premium Skin for Dancing In. So. Um, it'll be a year to the day that we shot yep. demons. We shot demons earlier. Same day, isn't it? Really, January. So. January nineteenth, the exact same day. <laughs> demons are gone this uh, this past year. So, um, and then I have another. I have a TV show that I'm working on with a, a partner of mine. Um, I'm actually leaving to go to a festival now for it, and I'm at AFM uh, this week um, with a couple of projects, um, and we had some screenings going on. Um, and then I have a film I did in India that's coming out this year. So a lot of kind of little things here and there coming out uh, this year and next year as well. And uh, Randy, oh, you got a favorite horror movie? Always a hard question, right? <laughs> Not a hard question at all. <laughs> Texas, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like oh, the choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that 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 is one of that's on my top as well as is that yeah. one. I have about four different copies of that movie. <laughs> oh, wow, I have a few copies. Wow, you beat me. Yeah. yeah, I've got the original steel book that they released that offers it either in the remastered audio or the two the the actual mono. And then I've got uh, two of the 40th anniversary editions, and I got right. one other one. <laughs> nice. Oh, good for you. Have you have you? Well, you're in Wisconsin. Have you seen the the house? Have you been to the house in Texas? Oh, uh, I have not been to the house in Texas, but I live half an hour away from Mr. Ed Gein, who was the influence. Oh, wow. For, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good claim to fame. Well, yeah. And and they still don't talk about it in in the city. They they don't. That is a that is a subject. Uh, in fact, I talked to uh, a director, Dan Davies, who did uh, uh, um, Ed Gein the musical. yeah well he uh his dad was friends with the sheriff who did the arresting of ed gein so yeah so yeah so ed gein is uh that's why i like i think that's why i like psycho as well just the connection there as well uh what about you chris you got a favorite yeah i mean i grew up watching Hammer horror films with oh, Billy yeah. Cushing and Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my favorite, um, for purely sentimental reasons, it was one of the first horror f- films I ever saw. It was called um, The Ghoul with mm. Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. So that's um, a Tyburn production, like the sister company to the old Hammer horror films. Um, and that had Peter Cushing, Veronica Carlson, um, and the first film role for John Hurt. Um, oh, wow. And it has all the ingredients of like a classic British horror. It's got the Edwardian manor house in the middle of like this rolling moorland. Um, so yeah, it's just a beautiful film. So go and check that out if you have time. Yeah, I, I will. I, I, I think it's, I may have watched it once. I, I'm a, my buddy is a big Hammer Horror fan and he introduced me to Hammer Horror and I just love the, the visuals and everything of those, those classic mm-hmm. Hammer Horror films, yeah. Cushing and, and uh, um, oh, it blew away in my head now. Uh, but they're, but they're, they're stable uh-huh. of actors that would always show up. Yeah. Uh, and the settings and everything are just are, are wonderful and inspiring. So and they're there, too. They were working on smaller budgets, so they they had to limit it. So they were kind of almost an indie approach to where they, they had to uh, make the most of what they had. Mm-hmm. So uh, and uh, you folks uh, definitely made the most of what you had with uh, Demons at Dawn. And uh, yeah, I, I, I dig it. Uh, yeah, and uh, um, 
it's it's always fun watching the indie horror from you know uh, especially produced and, and made in another country and seeing similarities to the approach and then also differences of what you're able to do uh, with what, what uh, you know, uh, small budgets or a small cast or small time frames. So uh, I'll, I guess uh, last thing is, uh, Randy, is there a place where they can keep up with your stuff? Uh, you know, what you're doing with projects, website or um, yeah, just uh, my website, randykent.com. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty much, um, I'm not much on social media. I have a Facebook page. I have a few Facebook pages. I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> and I have no idea how to merge them. I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know how to do any of that. But, um, yeah, Facebook and, and my website and IMDb are about my only social media. But, uh, and well, I have a YouTube page. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, but yeah, that's where you can keep up. The- there's nothing wrong with limited social media. I'm in too many places. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish I could, I wish I had that social media game. Chris has a really good social media game. I just, it just kind of, you know, I'm a little older, so it just kind of passed by me, you know, and it's just like, I, I feel like I've kind of passed that, you know what I mean? So I can't go backwards and I don't know, just old school, I guess. I don't know. No, no, nothing wrong with old school uh I, I i enjoy it sometimes like i said i almost wish yeah. i wasn't on social media as much yeah i know but uh, it is a good place to keep up with the world but mm-hmm. yeah well and, and nowadays to make connections and such and and get yeah. buzz about your film uh mm-hmm. like we're doing today hopefully uh yeah, exactly. you, you, it is a necessary evil at times it is, no it totally is i only use it mostly for promotion mm-hmm. and things like that you know and, and what about you, Chris, as well? Where can people find, uh, keep up to date with your stuff and uh, your production company and such? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a website, uh, blackcopiesfilms.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, Instagram is blackcopiesfilms. And YouTube, uh, again, blackcopiesfilms, you can find me, <laughs> strangely enough. Yeah, so just type blackcopiesfilms anywhere, any platform, I'll probably come up somewhere and say hello. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, gentlemen, uh, for taking this time. Uh, this has been a pleasure, as always, to talk yeah, to. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Talk to you. So, uh, you. yeah, check it out, folks. Demons at Dawn. Uh, that is out. Is that out now, or is that out next month? It's uh, been deli- yeah, probably next month. It's been delivered to Amazon, uh, Roku, mm-hmm. Tubi, um, so all the major VOD platforms. It'll be out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, that's right. I think it's uh, November fourth or eighth. I forgot. I forgot what the press may have said. Uh, but I'll have to look. I'll put it, information on the body of the webpage for this uh, podcast and that. So, Cheers, uh, man. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, folks, check it out.